Good morning. We're going to try out something new today. Um, I think it'll be fun, but it might be a total disaster. So we'll see how, we'll see how it goes. You've got something on, your, uh, on, the, on the seat in front of you. It's a little piece of paper, and it's actually going to be used for the second part of the message. And it says on the sheet of paper... Um, what questions do you have about forgiveness? So the first half of today's message is going to be just our usual, I'm going to do some teaching, we're going to look at scripture. So in that time, if you have any questions about forgiveness, you can take that and write that down on that piece of paper, and then you can pass those papers down this way to your left. Do we have a slide for this? Um, we've got a slide that I'll... Yeah, here it is. So um, you take that paper and you write down what questions you have. And then once you do that, hand them over to the left. And you'll be doing that all through the message. Because what we'll do is then we'll get to the second part of the message where we're going to have the round table and um, have uh, Sandy... Um, kind of gather those questions and kind of sort through them. And then she is going to ask those questions, basically the questions from our community about forgiveness. And uh, I'm going to sit up here and, and try to answer them. And so that's, it'll either be fun or, or a total disaster because I don't know how it'll be. But what I'm trying to do is to have us be thinking about collectively what are the questions that we have about forgiveness what is this series bringing up for us? And then to also try to respond in a way that is relevant, that is poignant. Um, they might be very practical questions. They might be very theological questions. So we'll just see what comes up. So write the questions just as we go through this message. Go ahead and send them along to the left. And then Sandy will be over there, uh, you know, and uh, uh, they'll be collecting them and, and sorting them for the later part. Um, can I ask the worship team to bring the round table to the center, please? Thanks. Um, so today is our third message in our series on forgiveness. And so forgiveness is a process. It takes time. That's why we're spending six weeks looking at forgiveness, practicing forgiveness. And uh, I'm really encouraged to hear how you guys are practicing the stories that people are, or emails that people are sending me and practicing the prayer, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Like that practice. I, it's just really great that you guys are trying that and working on that. Um, don't be discouraged. Forgiveness is really hard. It takes time to practice forgiveness. It is really, really hard. But forgiveness is also vital for our Christian faith. I mean, if you think about it, forgiveness is so important. It's at the center of salvation. Our salvation in Jesus Christ is the forgiveness of our sins to be in loving relationship with God the Father. And even though it's central, it's not easy. It's really hard. Right? It's forgiveness that took Jesus to the cross. Right? That's what forgiveness is. It took Jesus to the cross. But the goodness of forgiveness is the restoration of relationship. It's important to Jesus. It's important to God the Father. 
That's important to us, but it's hard. So take heart. Don't give up. Be like Jesus. That's what we're practicing. All right. So we're going to look at just a couple of verses today. There's a lot of things that are going on today. And these verses come out of Matthew chapter 18, 21 and 22. Matthew chapter 18, 21, 22. It's Peter coming up to Jesus. And it's actually Peter has a question about forgiveness. And he asks it to Jesus. And this is how Jesus answers it. So then Peter came up and said to him, said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. I don't say to you seven times, I say to you 77 times. Now, that's the verse that we're going to take a look at. Now, some of you guys might actually know this verse, and you're like, what, 77 times? In older translations, it says, how often should you forgive? 70 times seven. And just say a little bit about this and then dive a little bit deeper into this passage. Um, It's a little bit confusing in the actual original language. And it says 70 times seven. That's what it says. So that's why some translators translate it 77, some translate it 490. It's kind of like this. It's like Peter says, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? And then Jesus says, Oh, not just seven times, but way more than that. Like, think 10 times more than that. 70 times and seven more than that. So then that's how you would get 77. But there's another way to look at this and read in the original language that says, no, it's, it's how many times should I forgive? Seven times? No, 70 times seven, as in 70 multiplied by seven. Okay, so the important thing is here that Jesus is not giving an algebra trig uh, thing here. He's not, like, talking about math. He's saying, you're going to need to forgive seven times, you think? It's a lot of times. It's ten times more. It's a, it's a lot more than what you think. It's 70 times seven, or 77, or, or 490. Either way, Jesus, it's a lot of times. What I want us to notice is that Peter asks, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? Not a stranger. How often will my brother sin against me? He's asking about somebody in the community. My brother, my sister. How often will this person that I know, that I love, a near kinsman, a relative, someone in my family, a true friend, someone in my church, how long will they How many times will they sin against me and then I forgive them? Seven times? And that's actually a very generous uh, number that Peter gives. Seven times? And Jesus says, no, the people that know you and love you, the people that are in your community, it's a lot of times you're going to have to forgive them. You're going to have to forgive those people a lot, the people in your family, the people in your church, the people that are your friends. I'm going to share more about that. But right now, I'd like to actually invite Chris and Eve to come forward because we were talking about this. We were talking about forgiveness, and they shared this really great story with me, and I thought it dovetailed really well with like how often 
We need, why don't you guys come on up? How often we need to forgive people, especially people that we know or people that are in our family. So um, uh, can you turn the house lights up, please? Um, thanks. These guys tell me this story. How do we forgive people that are like in our family or in our friends? Or, like, yeah, first, I guess this anecdote is uh, in the category of a minor infraction, so it's kind of light infraction. Also, it involves children, so uh, our own. <laughs> so, our <laughs> so it's somebody who we love, so it would be easy, easier to forgive. Right? So I guess about a month ago, uh, our, ch- our youngest child, seven-year-old, came to me with a bleeding knee. Right? So, but in, in addition to a bleeding knee, he has uh, his toy, his iPad, iPad, so it's an iPad, uh, with a broken screen. But you're right. So I said, oh, okay. As parents, he, you know, actually, I look at the iPad more than his knee. <laughs> yeah, broken iPad uh, screen. So what happened? Uh, apparently, his older brother wanted to snatch the iPad from him. Uh, so they had a wrestling match, and he anchored uh, the, the iPad with his knee on the glass really tightly, and they had a wrestling match, and the screen broke, and so that cut his knee. So, yeah, so that was the initial infraction. So we forgave, or I forgave him pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Eve had a different idea, so. Uh, should, should I? Sure, well, go ahead, go ahead. Well, uh, yeah, you I'm, like, I'm not going to replace this. Yeah, I said, well, well, you know, uh, part, uh, you know, she, she asked me why I forgive, why you know, forgive him too quickly and replace the screen quickly. I said, well, part of my thinking was that, uh, uh, you know, I, feel, I felt honestly, I felt a bit guilty because I was I, instead of showing a lot of sympathy on his bleeding knee. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, I showed you know, surprise and frustration on the screen. So I said, okay, okay. So sometimes, you know, you feel guilty. And you forgive quickly. The second reason was that uh, sometimes you say forgiveness is for your own good, right? So uh, for your own peace and and, and comfort, uh, because we express uh, we have a bit more freedom when we forgive quickly. Uh, well, in this case, it's also true because for people with young kids, you know, iPad is is a really good. Uh, Babysitter, <laughs> it's, it's a pacifier. Uh, that's true. So I said, well, with, if he wanted me to wait for one month, I said, well, one month is a long time, so it's going to be very hard to pacify him for that month. So we, we forgive him quickly. Uh, yeah. So no, no, that's a true. That's a true story. And of course, he he has to show some penance. So uh, so. I said, okay, you can, we can forgive you quickly if you, if you uh, in our case, it's kind of nerdy, but so okay, you, you have to learn uh, long division. <laughs> and within one week, he, you know, he finished a worksheet with uh, 16 problems with no errors. So, okay, good. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess Pastor Scott was interested, because, should I continue? Well, because, was, well, because this is a message about repeated... Uh, forgiveness, right? So, fast, fast forward uh, two weeks after he received his new screen, but, uh, you know, we were, we were at the ministry center. Uh, the pe- people in, our, you know, in my small group would know this because we were meeting together as a small group, and people were sharing their, their stories about uh, forgiveness. Right? The, the theme was about forgiveness, and the mood was a bit somber. Towards the end of that sharing, um, my uh, 
little kid, seven-year-old Colin, came to me, sat on my, very peacefully sat on my uh, lap, and basically I see tears in his eyes. Hmm, what's happening? Then he showed me the iPad. It's broken again. The screen. <laughs> yeah, I just kept calm, wait for everybody to finish the story. <laughs> but I was, uh, you know, listening to what everybody has said. Then I made a decision right there and then to say that okay, I'm going to practice uh, real-time forgiveness. Right? No question asked. So after things are done, I ask people, okay, I will share something light, something different, a bit lighter compared to you know the deeper more difficult uh, questions in life. So I said, okay, here's the iPad's broken, I, again, second time. And Eve sitting beside me was horrified. <laughs> she, she didn't know what was happening. Uh, yeah, so that was you know, our forgiveness. Then we, we arrived home, right? So then at that time I can ask our, her, uh, his older siblings, what happened? Uh, then they re- relayed the story to me. Apparently, in the ministry center, you know, uh, when there are two rooms, one for younger kids and one for the older kids. And uh, my seven-year-old felt bored, so he brought this seesaw to the uh, other room with the older kids, and nobody wanted to play with him, so he got bored. Then he placed a chair in one end of the seesaw to counterbalance the seesaw so he can play by himself. (laughs) Then he sat on the other end of the seesaw, and according to my older siblings, this chair in the word catapulted up in the air. <laughs> it's a real story. And, you know, the metal legs fell on the screen of the iPad. Okay, so... so <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, so unconditional forgiveness. So yeah. I kept my word. And, okay. Yeah, so that's our story. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, So how many times do we replace the screen of the iPad? I tell you, 70 times, 70 times, 70 to the third. So, all right. Now, uh, real time, I'm in a little of a dilemma here because I'm trying to think, do we go to the questions or do we share this thing? Um, I'm going to go to the questions, and I'm going to fast forward through the message to something, to just really kind of the last thing that I wanted to share with you guys, and then, and then we'll, we'll take your questions. Well, actually, before I do that, let me just check. Are there, were there questions? Did anyone? There aren't any questions. No, there haven't been any questions. The, the teaching has been so profound <laughs> that, oh, there's, there's, there's a couple of questions? There's one question? Okay, well, okay, so given that, then I'll share a little bit more in the message, and then we'll maybe just take the last five minutes to field maybe the one or two questions that come in. Um, I'm just trying to look at the time and do everything here. So let me ask this question then. Um, which is harder which is harder, to forgive people we know or people we don't know? Is it harder to forgive people we know or people we don't know? Because Peter asks, how many times do I forgive my brother? That's his question. And so you might have your own answer, but for me, I think it's actually harder for me to forgive people that 
I know and that I know and love. And people who know and love me, I think that's harder for me to forgive them. And and here's why. Because for the people that know us and love us, right, and we love them, we don't expect them to wound us. The people that know us and love us in our families, our friends, they're supposed to love us. And so when they wound us, we don't expect it. And, and it's like, oh, ah, ooh, why did you say that? Or why did you do that? Or why did you say that to me in that way? Like, don't you know me? Don't we have all this history? Like, don't you know I love you? And, and it's like all of this stuff that comes up. And I think friends, our parents, our kids, our, our Christian community, like when we are our best selves, we're great, very loving. And GRX is a very loving church, a very loving community when we are all our best selves. And when we're not our best selves and we wound each other, then I think that's particularly hard because we don't expect it. And we don't expect it at all. So in Peter's question, when he says, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? I wonder if he's saying, it's because I got some people that I know, maybe some of the fellow disciples who are like, ah, these guys, I can't stand these guys. This is so hard. Why are these guys, these are supposed to be my brothers. Why are they sinning against me? And I think that's what's so profound about what Jesus says. 77 times, 70 times, 7, 490 times. Be prepared to forgive the people that know you and love you a lot. Be ready to forgive those we love a lot more than even we expect to love them. A lot more than we expect to forgive them. Because we don't think they're going to hurt us but they hurt us. I was thinking about this in sort of a financial way and a financial illustration. Now, a lot of times we think about like when someone sins against us, it's kind of like, like a debt. And, and that's true. That, that illustration actually comes from scripture and teaching in the parables that there's a debt. And then when we forgive them, kind of the relationship sort of comes back to sort of this zero and I think that's what's so painful about friends and family members who hurt us. It's like we've got, we've got this steady state, and then ugh, they've kind of gouged us. It's kind of this negative. And that's what's really painful. It's like, oh, do I bring that back up to, to, to level? But I'd like to suggest something different financially. What if we thought about forgiveness, especially towards those that know us and love us, more like a savings account? More like a savings account where you make a lot of deposits. Like a savings account is, is not like, it's not, it's not, um, like a, 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 it starts with a subtraction. A, a savings account, actually, you start at zero, and then over time, you build up. You put deposits in. You make, you make deposits. You make relational deposits of love. It's like, so financially, you've got this savings account, and it's growing and growing and growing and growing and growing and growing, And then, in that account, when someone wounds you, it's like they draw from that amount that's already been saved. That you already draw from the love 
that you already have. It's almost like the people that you know and love and the people that know you and love you, in relationship, you are expecting that at some point they will draw on the savings account. And so then when they do wound you, they do injure you, you're ready to forgive. You know in advance that you're going to forgive them. And so you're drawing away from this massive savings account that you've even already forgiven them. I mean, you don't know exactly what it is, but you know they're human. I'm human, you're human, we know we're human. So when we enter into loving, known human relationship, we actually build that in. And so our forgiveness for them is ready because we've forgiven them or paid or made a deposit in advance. Now, this is not an original idea. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross for what? For the forgiveness of our sins. That is a massive deposit of forgiveness. Now, that was before you and I were born. That the forgiveness of sins that Jesus Christ offers us on the cross, it's not like I sin and then Jesus dies again on the cross and then I come and then I'm zero and then I'm dying. No, Jesus himself died on the cross. His forgiveness is given to us 2,000 years ago. That is an infinite deposit. That is a huge deposit in this savings account. And then when I sin, when we sin, it's against this love and this knowing and this incredible forgiveness in Jesus Christ that then our forgiveness is drawn. So I've got a little practice kind of think about this. If you want to do this, um, you can practice this this week. This is forgiveness. It's called 77X. I know, I just made that up. That's kind of a goofy name. The forgiveness practice called 77X. You get a piece of paper. You write down numbers, 1 to 77. Like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way up to 77. And then you put somebody's name on the top of that piece of paper. Okay? You can put anybody's name you want, right? One person's name, right? You know where I'm going with this. When that person you're in relationship with, when they wound you, maybe that week, maybe later that day, you cross off one of those numbers. And then when they wound you again, you cross off another number. And then wound you again, cross off another number. And you make your way all the way up to 77, crossing those numbers off, right? You're prepared to forgive them. It's a deposit. You know them. You love them. You're loving them. And then see what happens. See what happens in your heart. See what happens in your mind. See what happens, right? Now, let me uh, see if Sandy is, uh, want to come up? We'll see how this goes. Um, Sandy, are you, are you here? Okay, come on up, and we'll see. All right, that's all right. Guys, this is Sandy. Hi, everyone. 
Yay! Pastor Scott in the hot seat for Roundtable. You guys ready? He said it could be fun or disaster. Yeah. I'm kind of voting for fun. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go, right. Let's go there. Uh, before we start, I do have to say, Pastor Scott, you do have the right to remain silent. Mm. Anything you say, maybe use in a recording on the JREX website. That's good. Okay. That's good. All right. Good. Is my lawyer's here and listening. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> good to know. All right. So we actually had some great questions. I tried to bundle them together okay. so we could kind of get through some. Okay. Um, but just um, to be respectful of time, yeah. I got like three to okay. start with, and then we'll see if we have time for any more. Okay. Okay. So I think your sermon today really sparked some good questions here. So we saw a, a motif about this over and over again thing. So um, here's a question. Is forgiveness something that may need to be done over and over again? I think you addressed that. Um, some people kind of wrote, you know, how do you do it without, how do you do it over and over again without becoming resentful? Um, and then also someone else wrote, sometimes I feel that I can forgive someone, but a few days later I might remember that hurt and feel angry all over again. So there's this kind of revolving door question on forgiveness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so yes, I do think that forgiveness happens over and over again. I think as we forgive, sometimes other things will come up that will also be part of that wounding, that we'll also need to name and be as specific as we can to name those things and release those things. I also find that if you are able to find a very trusted friend, maybe one person or two people, who you are able to uh, share and really pour out the level of woundedness and hurt. Um, not, not, not in any kind of like malicious way or vindictive way, but you have, to, you have to find someone who you think is spiritually and emotionally, relationally mature enough to be able to hold it in confidentiality, what you share with them, so that it won't, you know, spread further, that they'll hold it, and you and, and them, and you, there's this space where you can share that with them, and they listen, and then they come alongside you and pray with you, and bring that out, um, and so sometimes you're praying that forgiveness, sometimes you're asking, you're struggling through that forgiveness, and sometimes they can pray alongside you, and also pray to help, uh, help you forgive. Sometimes they may even help have some words that, that, that would help uh, release that. I think that's really helpful, and it might even speak into this uh, second question that we have, which is how to deal with forgiving ourselves. So, yeah, someone we kind of know. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes this might be the toughest of all. How do we forgive ourselves? Yeah. So forgiving ourselves is sometimes really hard because we can play into, oh, regret or guilt and and. and things that we do with other people. Um, part of that prayer, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, that's actually a prayer for us uh, too. Um, Father, forgive me too. Um, that, that Jesus Christ dying on the cross is also for me is, is sort of a hard thing for us to sometimes receive. Um, that's part of our journey as to receive grace ourselves, to recognize that we're not perfect 
but that actually we don't have to be perfect. Um, the reason we're doing this for six weeks is because um, uh, either next week or in two weeks, we're actually going to talk specifically about forgiving ourselves. That's going to be one of the topics that comes up. Okay, so we'll stay tuned. Okay, moving on, we're going to get a little deeper if we can. Before we, Do we still have some time? Yeah, let's do one more. Oh, one more. How about like... Ray, how many? What? Do it all. Oh, okay, okay. Ray just whispered, we'll cut a song so that you guys know that. So why don't we do two more? <laughs> Thanks, Ray. <laughs> so sad. Okay. It's a good thing uh, we're whispering <laughs> up here, huh? Yeah. Okay, because so, these are good. These are, I, okay. I, I really want to make sure that, you let's, know. Let's do two, and then we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. Okay. Maybe we'll also, because again, we're doing this more, so maybe I'll look at some of the other mes- uh, questions and bring them back like, next week. So okay, okay, sounds good. Okay, then, so I said two, but it's actually like a four-part question. <laughs> so <laughs> so we'll, we'll just try this, because it'll, it'll be fun. We'll make it fun. Okay. <laughs> We got a lot of questions around this. It's yeah. okay. really around, you know, how does forgiveness look like? Because a lot of times it's just like one of those, you know, capital F big words in the Bible, forgive, right? Yeah. So how does it look practically and concretely in our lives? So how does forgiveness look like? And people kind of wrote in their ideas of what it could look like. So can I just rapid fire, shoot them off at you, and then you kind of react to them, maybe? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. So... Um, Here's the, the first idea. Can you forgive and still keep distance with that person in the relationship? You know, you forgive them, but you're just like, okay, just stay over there. Um, yes, you okay. can. Sometimes, depending on what happened in the wound, um, sometimes the distance is very important for healing. Yeah. And we need to give ourselves permission to recognize that. Um, sometimes it's, there's an ab- abusive situation. And so... Uh, you can forgive the perpetrator, yet at the same time create some distance, um, some sort of boundary. And there's lots of ways to create boundary, but some boundary of time or space so that other healing can happen. Okay. You might say, yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to keep a boundary for six months um, as I continue to heal mm-hmm. and forgive this person. Got it. Okay, and then we have... Um, in the picture of forgiveness, does forgiveness have to be said out loud? Or can it just kind of be like a, okay, I'll be okay with you. Like, do you have to, I forgive you kind of a thing? Uh, I think, um, okay, this is a two-part question. So, I have like uh, three more. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, let me answer it this way, which is, I think, what I think is getting at. Um, I think it is most helpful to verbalize our forgiveness, even if you're Mm. alone in the bathroom in front of the mirror, Mm. because I think there's something very powerful about saying something out loud, even that we ourselves can hear. It has to do with the word, um, and the word that's spoken is, is powerful, the word that's spoken brought creation into existence. Um, the word that's spoken is really powerful. Um, it's a declaration, and it's, it, it's a way that we can participate. I think sometimes we can be too private and too much in our own heads where we think we've forgiven someone, but then if we're actually unable to say it out loud, even when we're alone, I think that's an indication that maybe there's 
there's more resistance mm, there. That's a good litmus test. Okay. All right. Onward. Does forgiveness mean there are no consequences? Oh, no. No. When, as soon as we wound each other, there's consequences. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's consequences. But, okay. Oh, oh. So, like, if you forgive that oh. person, like, oh, the mean, iPad, like, screen, iPad screen, he added yeah, yeah, a long yeah. edition. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think there's, <laughs> I think, I think, as I, I love math, and so I think we should always have our kids do math. Um, yeah. No, I think there's always consequence. There's always consequence to a relationship when there's wounding. Even when there's forgiveness, there's always consequence. But then I think if we're going to teach out of that, how do we lovingly create something that is a consequence? Um, I think that's, that's part of like, our role as parents to do that. So, yeah. Okay. Two more. These are burning. A burning. Okay. All right. Um, Does, is it still related to what does forgiveness look like? Picture of forgiveness. Okay. Okay. How do we really act it out, right? Okay. Um, it still bothers me. I, still, I thought I forgave the person, but it still bothers me when I think about the things this person did. Does that mean I didn't actually forgive? Um. Okay, um, all right, that's a great question. Okay, so, it, it, yeah, okay, so it can still bother me, like when I see them or something. Mm-hmm. That, for me, often would indicate that there's still a part of, like, a woundedness mm-hmm. that is there mm-hmm. um, that, that needs some healing. Sometimes time, again, sometimes talking with someone else. Mm-hmm. So... I'll, I'll shift from that to like what I think forgiveness would look like towards another person, like what Peter is talking about with like towards my brother, is I think we begin to understand and experience forgiveness for someone else when we actually would want their well-being, which I know seems like a radical jump to want well-being for someone that hurt us. But it's like we've forgiven them when we want God's best for them. And if you were here in the first message and I read the letter from the monk in Algeria, that he wanted the best for the person who would be the one um, who would kill him. And he gave this really great illustration at the end of his letter. He said, may you who, who kill me and me, may... may May we both be found as the happy, good thieves in paradise, like the thieves crucified with Jesus, if that pleases God the Father. Like that you would want the person who wounded you to be in paradise with you under God's grace along with you. Like that, I think, is a really powerful uh, indication of forgiveness. And with that, I think you covered the last one, which was do we truly need to forgive and forget? So, but I think you transcended that. It's mm. not just forgetting, it's that reaching beyond that to wish for their well-being. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Did you have fun? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. Okay. It was good. All right. Guys, <laughs> again, great questions. You guys are really grappling with this. Um, the last thing I will say is that forgiveness, it, there is goodness down there at the end of the road. It's a lot of tears. It is a lot of tears, um, but there's a lot of goodness. So with that, let me pray for us, and then we'll continue on in worship. God, I give you thanks that this body is a body that desires to be like you, um, and we are all on the journey. 
And God, I pray that you would pour out your spirit on us gathered here, that we would more and more live in your love and your grace. Help us, God, to forgive. God, I pray that you would help us so hard to do. Help us, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.